Welcome to The Straight Cut. My name's Steve Garland. I am Aaron Shuttleworth. And we are back with you for another episode of The Straight Cut uh, here at West End Cigars. You ready for it, Aaron? I am ready. All right. This week we're going to talk um, a little bit about um, IPCPR. Um, there's some interesting stuff going on. I just got back from the trade show, um, which is always a, a fun experience, but exhausting. Yep. Um, are so, you glad to be back on the show? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Although I listened to the episode last week and I really enjoyed it. Uh, you and you and Michael did a great job. Yeah, yeah. Trover did. Trover did really well. I kind of wish I was here to interact with him. I thought I think that would be fun, but we'll have to have him back on another episode. Oh, definitely. Uh, so this week we are smoking the Caldwell, The King is Dead. Um, this is one of my favorite Caldwells. Mm-hmm. Um, we carry a pretty large selection of his stuff. Yep. Um, and then he's partnered, they, they have a company called Down and Back Cigars now, so it's uh, all the Caldwell stuff, the Blind Man's Bluff, um, the La Barba, Room 101. Um, oh, Room 101. Yeah. <laughs> Room 101, I mean, that's one of those brands. Yeah. It, it's just so good you know it's hard to it's hard to pick a bad cigar out of oh, that no. yeah definitely so definitely. he's got a bunch of new stuff coming out that was one thing at the trade show we got to go see all of his new stuff he's got a lot of new stuff awesome so you know there was kind of that weird it was like he a, retired it was like a nine month period of yeah and then, go back to jewelry well we come to find out he was he was splitting ways with davidoff until mm-hmm. that was all part of a contractual thing yeah um that he had to do but uh he's back in at full swing now um, he's bringing back the big payback. Okay. Um, yeah, because he, yeah, he had the back-to-back. Well, that's not his. Oh, it was not his? That's okay. Davidoff. Oh, so that's the took place of the yep. payback. Okay. Yep. Um, but he's re-releasing it, um, and he's going to have three blends of it over like the next two or three years. Um, the question is, are we getting the Johnny? Uh, you know, I didn't get a chance to ask him oh. that. We were a little busy. Um, Brandon actually took care of that appointment. I was right. with another company at the time. so I'll have to, I'll have to get in his ear then. Yeah. Yeah, and we can always reach out to Matt and see oh, what yeah. he says, you know. I would love to have that cigar back. It's nice Matt that Booth, if you do listen to this, please bring that cigar yeah. back. I love that we're on first-name basis with, with Booth. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, back to the Caldwell cigars. Um, the King is Dead. This is, like I said, one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, it's a very good kind of medium-bodied cigar. Yep. Um, we'll get into the blend and all that stuff later, but um, let's get into the IPCPR stuff. So, so like you I said, were gone for... Four or five days? Five days, yeah. yep. Um, and so it's not a vacation. It's not a, at all. You're working the whole damn time. 100%. Yeah. Um, it is a, a very, very busy um, trip for us. Um, we do a lot of business with certain companies, and so it takes a long time yeah. to really you know, nail down orders and, and look at all the new stuff, and, and you smoke a ton of cigars. You know, I come home, I can't taste anything for two days. I think I, I think I mentioned that on last week where your palate yeah. was going to be wrecked and everything. Oh, yeah. And was I true that you don't put down a cigar? You actually smoke the whole thing through? I do not, unless I'm just, like, not enjoying it at yeah. all, which is pretty rare. Yeah. Um, most cigars I can smoke, even if I don't like it, I can still smoke the whole cigar. Yeah. It's very rare that I'll put a cigar down. At the trade show, you have so many options, and, and there's things I'm a little more apt to do it, but still... Um, I smoke the entire cigar. I don't. I don't ever put a cigar down um, unless I'm just. I just hate the cigar. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you smoke a ton of cigars, um, but it's all new stuff, right? So they give you this cigar and they're like, "Here, smoke this," and 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 they're going to give you a good it. product because they want to put their yeah. best foot forward and everything. But the thing is, like you've already smoked so many cigars, it doesn't make sense to smoke the new stuff. Yeah. So a lot of companies will give you a couple of like their regular stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of have something to smoke throughout the day. And then when you get back, you can smoke the the, the newer stuff or, or maybe like the next morning when your palate's kind of had a chance to reset. Yeah. 
um, you know, you smoke something that they gave you that's new and then decide if you want to order it. Yeah, so that's like you gave us all, you know, a little grab bag of all different yeah. stuff. And, you know, I've, I think I've smoked like three of probably the, like the 10 you gave me. And yeah, Doug's like halfway through his already. <laughs> of course. He probably went through half, half his the first day. Yeah. Yeah, I got to take care of my boys. You know, you, know, guys, know. Uh, you guys run the shop while we're not here out, out <laughs> having fun in Vegas. So I know Cat Cat was away and the Max played a little bit. I think you know didn't burn down didn't burn down the shop. It's that's all good. that's the important part. Nobody got hurt and the shop is still here. So <laughs> that's the key. But no, yeah, uh, some big announcements from IPCPR this year. Um, first off, they're changing the name. Um, so currently, IPCPR stands for the International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers. Um, and it's been that for a number of years. It was um, like the RTDA or something before that. Mm-hmm. And that was before I was in the cigar business, before Brandon was in it. So now they're changing to the PCA, which is the Premium Cigar Association. So this is kind of interesting. Um, this is the first time they've taken retailers out of the name. And I think that is somewhat uh, strategic mm-hmm. um, because there's another big part of this is is cigar con which is a consumer day at the trade show yeah we'll get into that in just a minute but th- they did a, a big kind of uh announcement seminar so this is kind of how the schedule goes when you're there you've got uh friday all day long you've got learning seminars different things from fda compliance you know sales and marketing social media um, there's, there's a, a broad spectrum of, of seminars that you go to and they're hour, hour and a half, usually somewhere in that range. Um, and then IPCPR kind of takes the last two. They do the FDA compliance and this year was the big announcement, right? So, um, they met with a member of Congress and, um, there was some confusion. That person thought they were meeting with a CPR organization mm-hmm. to like the cardiopulmonary yeah. resuscitation. Um, and they were very disappointed when they found out what it was and, and the fact that they took the meeting. Yeah. Um, so to me, that's an advantage of saying, Hey, it got our foot in the door. So who cares? Um, but their explanation was they get a very finite amount of time with these people. And they spent the first 20 minutes explaining that they're not CPR, um, that they're a cigar and pipe retailers organization. <laughs> so kind of a weird ordeal but i get it i understand it they, they got a new logo which i think looks good um it kind of looks like a tobacco leaf with a couple different colors on it and and i think it's a positive move as far as the logo the name change is what it is i don't think that necessarily affects anything but uh, i do see the concern for the retailers yeah right so the second part of this is opening the trade show to a cons- to the consumer day um and they're calling it cigar con yeah um, so it's going to be very similar to like a big, big smoke, smoke. Yep. right? Um, so there'll be tickets. Um, you purchase the ticket that gets you X number of free cigars while you're there. Um, you'll also have, um, a learning seminar series, um, on Friday, just like the retailers do. And then Saturday would open to the public basically. Um, if you have a ticket, you can go. Yeah. And I, I see here that they're not capping it at 4,500 tickets. But they, they are wanna, this year. Yeah. For, for 2020. For 2020, they're going to sell 4,500 tickets. Um, but the crazy part about it is it it's not going to make money this year. Yeah. 4,500 tickets are still not profitable. Yeah. And to me, that doesn't make sense. Uh, no, that really doesn't. And, and have they said how much a ticket's going to be? They're not sure yet. They're still trying to figure all that out. It's going to be 300 close to 300 because big smoke i would is, say at least big smoke is 
250, 300. Big Smoke's 325 for the general admission, 375 for the VIP. And then if you want the weekend package, which gets you the daytime learning seminars, that's uh, 675. And then the all access package gets you the daytime seminars and two. Uh, smoke evenings. So the the weekend package gets you one of those. The all access gets you both of those, and that one's eight seventy five. So, um, I mean that's a big yeah. that's a lot of money. I mean, so let's just say it's three twenty five by forty five hundred. That's one almost one and a half million dollars. Yeah, and that's not profitable. That is nuts. Well, the reason is they're having to pay the manufacturers for the cigars that are given out. Oh, okay. Okay. And and then you have to pay for wherever it's going to be. You know, the right, the venue. So basically right now uh, we have learning seminars on Friday. The trade shows open Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and half a day on Tuesday. Um, so what they're going to do is instead of a half a day on Tuesday, they're going to open that to a full day. Um, so I lose Saturday as far as doing business, but I pick up a half a day um, on Tuesday. And you would think they would kind of flip-flop it maybe? You would think. But... Well, the, the reasoning they gave for that was um, most people can, can get off on a weekend and yeah. come on Friday and Saturday rather than a, a Monday or Tuesday um, or Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it ended up being. So, um, What are you talking about? Cigar smokers are all high rollers. I mean, yeah. We can just take off work whenever <laughs> we want. Yeah, it's, uh, it was definitely the talk of the show. I mean, it's, uh, it's an interesting concept, and I understand why they're doing it. So um, during the uh, the big meeting announcement thing, mm-hmm. um, they had Rocky Patel come up, and they had Christian Aroa from CLE um, come up and kind of talk about it. And they spent $3.6 million so far this year on legal fees Jeez. fighting the FDA. You know, there's some mixed feelings about that. Um, a lot of people don't feel like they've pulled their fair share of actually getting things done. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that you can necessarily measure that um, because they're not the people actually making the decisions. They can do what they can to try to try to fight it and get get word out that hey, we're not happy about this. We're you know we're doing everything we can, but you got to think about cigar smokers are a very small portion yeah. of the population. Yeah, I mean, you're talking I mean, half a percent maybe, yeah. right? Um, even in a boom like we are right now, which again, I don't like that term, but that's what we're in. Yeah. You know, even in, in that kind of a scenario, we're still a very finite amount of people. And so the majority of that cost, the 3.6 million is on retailers and manufacturers that are partnered with IPCPR and, and CRA, uh, Cigar Rights of America. So, um, having more money to help fight that is definitely a positive thing. I don't think anybody could say that that's a negative thing. But at what cost does that come, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, it you know, there it's got ups and downs. Um, I haven't made a decision on whether or not I like it yet. Um, I think we're waiting get more information. Yeah, I'm waiting for more information. Um, so what they're saying right now for tickets, they're going to go on sale uh, first quarter of 2020, um, and the first set of tickets will have to be purchased through a retailer. Um, and then after that, if there's any tickets left over, they'll go on sale like a gym pop. like the big smoke. Okay. Anybody can buy it. Yeah. So I, I assume retailers weren't too thrilled about it. Consumers were probably thrilled about it. But what was the manufacturer side? What did they have a take on it, or was it kind of just we'll have to just wait and see? So you've kind of got people on both sides of it um, in both retailers and manufacturers. Uh-huh. Um, I talked to multiple uh, other retailers that were excited about it they thought it would be something cool that they could use to help promote business yeah. and, and get people interested to come um and then when you, you know we talked to a lot of them that said i think this is a bad idea this is where i do all my business mm-hmm. um, and it's not necessarily to get away from consumers um but like we're super busy when we're there mm-hmm. right so we go to the trade show 
8 a.m. We're there till five. We go home, change, go to dinner with one of our uh, one of our reps uh, or one of the companies, and talk about all the new stuff. Talk about how our our business is going with that company. Um, and so we don't have a lot of downtime, uh-huh. right? We get done with the dinner, and it may be 11:30 at night. Um, and now you know you get an hour or two to to do whatever you want. Uh, most of the time, that's the roulette table for me. But um, <laughs> how'd you? Yeah, do? I mean. The roulette table did not treat me well this year. <laughs> I did okay on the slots, though. I made my money back. Uh, I came back about scratch, so hey. I can't complain. I hit like $175 on a machine 10 minutes before we were about to leave. Hey, breaking and that even, got me even. Break, breaking even in Vegas. Brandon that's, that's hit a, one. It's a win. Brandon hit one at the, the uh, airport. Really? The only person I've ever known to hit money at the airport. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always see him because I've been to Vegas three times now. Yeah. And I always see him playing, but I've never played at the airport because that's like your. I never have either. That's your last, you know. Yeah. Your last hoorah to try to get something <laughs> yeah. back. But it's also Vegas's last hoorah to take that last little bit of money you got, right? Like, I never see people, like, put in the money right when they get off the plane. It's always the ones like, all right, I got to try to get that last little hit before I go back to Wisconsin or something. Oh, I've seen a few of them as soon as I get off the plane. Get right to their it. luggage and go right to the machine. Are there table games in air- at the airport? No, it's always just slot machines. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think that would get too complicated to have dealers in the airport. You, you know, you start to talk about, like, safety issues and start, things. People start be- betting their luggage and everything. <laughs> I've got this nice Samsonite right here. But, yeah, it's uh, – you know, consumer day is is gonna happen at some point. I, I can no see, doubt. I can see a good and bad. Yeah, there's both sides both of it. it. Um, you, you just you don't. I don't know. Like like you said, we we have to wait for more information to come out to see what exactly is the pros and what are the cons. You have to outweigh. Yeah. You have to weigh it out and everything. You know, they're probably thinking. You know, having some of your customers go with you, you'll be able to meet Rocky. You'll be able to meet Booth. You'll be able to meet. Yeah, be able to meet Carlito. Yeah, meet meet all the you know, meet Gomez, all the big guys. Yeah, yeah. that's the idea. Um, the other part of it that they're wanting to do is they're wanting us to go with the consumer. Okay. So we're not allowed to buy anything on Saturday, um, but we kind of go with our consumers, introduce them to people, and then they're working on an app um, to where, like, say you're the consumer with with our shop. So if you see something you like, mm-hmm. you'll take a picture on the app. It'll send it direct to me because you'll be linked to my account. Um, You're going to get so many pictures. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's to drum up business. Yeah. And there's plus and minus to that, right? You know, certain companies, you have to order X number of dollars to bring in a company. You can't just order one yeah. facing of something. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've read the read a write-up on Half Wheel. Yeah. Uh, they, and I'd say, you know, go check that out because it's a good write-up. It is. And, and you can you can read about it and everything. Yeah, it's a great article. Um, I read it. So it came out the same day they did the, the seminar, and, yeah. and I read it then. So, yeah, it's really good. Um, Half Wheel is one of those websites I use a lot. Yeah, I, I do too. I do they too. They are really good at their stuff. Yeah, Charlie is just – he does, he he produces a good website uh, with Half Wheel. Have you ever met Charlie? I've not. I met him. I, you know, I don't really know him uh-huh. as a person. I've met him, but um, nice guy, mm. really nice guy. Super dude exten- knows his stuff. Yeah, super extensive palate. I oh, mean, he man. can. I mean, he can pick out sometimes everything. too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, how, how big is his flavor wheel that he uses? Yeah, he he makes his own flavor wheel. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he. You know, great guy. He is. He exposed himself to so many different flavors. Yeah. Um, and so many different cigars um, that he's he's the best. I mean, the guy just knows cigars. Yeah, so. I mean, AJ a couple weeks ago was talking about it. Yeah. And how he can determine, you know, 
Petey Moss and everything. Yeah. He's really good. So anyways, it, uh, you know, we'll see where all this goes as we get more information. We'll, you know, we'll put it out there. Yeah. Um, the other interesting part is, so at 4,500 consumers, there's 2,500 retail shops that come. That's not like individual people. Cause you get like two or three tickets, I think, mm-hmm. um, for employees, but that's less than two consumers per retailer. So if one guy gives out 10 tickets, that's going to be a weird situation. The math, the math doesn't line up. No, it doesn't. The The only thing I'm really hesitant about with it is, um, you know, people go to the Big Smoke to meet those guys, but yeah. more so because of the value, mm-hmm. right? You get a, a buttload of cigars. Now, have you, have you been to a Big Smoke? No, I haven't. I haven't either. Big Smoke is great. I think it's a phenomenal thing to do for the consumer. Um, I can see the benefit in a consumer day at the trade show because it's way bigger than the Big Smoke. There's 36 on last year's list, and that's... I mean, that's not even the tip of the iceberg for IPCPR. I mean, there's probably, I'd say there's somewhere around 500 booths oh. to go to. Oh, definitely. I saw the foot, the the blueprint or the footprint yeah. of like where all the booths it, are. It is I mean, bigger it's, than that, probably. I mean, it's yeah, it was ridiculous. I yeah, mean, it's, it's and crazy. some are huge, and then some are just like the, a tiny little corner or whatever. Yeah. But Well, and it's not just cigar manufacturers. You've got, you know, humidor guys. You've yeah. got Zycar there with, you know, quality importers with all the cutters and mm-hmm. lighters and humidors and Boveda and... You know, all these companies are there um, that make all kinds of stuff. And then even your your small cigar companies are just trying to get their starter there, yeah. right? So that I, I understand the draw for people wanting to go to it. I don't see it as something I just, like, would want to go hang out at because it's so much work for us, I think. Yeah. So I'm probably not looking at it from the right aspect. So. Well, and I think, you know, we have, we're looking at the eyes of a retailer, not the eyes of a consumer. Yeah. You know, I mean, have if I had the option to go, um, knowing that everybody was going to be there, that would, I mean, that would be awesome to see, you know, everybody kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit. Yeah. But it's, but at the same time, if you have 4,500 people with 2,500 different shops and you get X amount of tickets per one, I mean, you're not going to be able to meet everybody. You know, not everybody's going to be able to meet Rocky. Not everybody's right. going to be able to meet Booth right. or Pete Johnson or whoever. I mean, it's just the numbers. It's just impossible to yeah. do that. Um, and I, it's one of those things. Like, like I was saying, like we were saying, more information has to come out until I make my final judgment on it. It's just going to be for the next, you know, year until what, July 11th of next year when it actually kicks off. If it does kick off. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, definitely. We're the other the other part for us is that we don't, like, I didn't go shake Rocky's hand this yeah. year. You know, like, yeah. we're busy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's certain companies we have better relationships with, the, you know, the, the head honcho. But mm-hmm. um, a lot of the companies, like, I'm not going to meet. And even small companies like Romacraft, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't go, like, bother Skip. You know, those guys are busy handling yeah. appointments. So I did, I sit down with my rep, we put together an order, and then I move to the next booth. Yeah. Um, and they got to, they have to get their mind in the right yeah. mindset for the following day. Yeah. Of when everything really kicks off, when you're going to have all your, you know, your your orders to get you through, you know, the last quarter yeah. or ha- last half of the year, uh, and then. Yeah. Saturday is the biggest money day, uh, money spent day yeah. at IPCPR, and so you know, does it continue to just move to Sunday or does it change things? You yeah. know, if it's something that I don't, I don't think is beneficial and I decide not to take any of my customers, 
then I'm probably not coming Friday or Saturday. And that's I'm not going to sit around Saturday and do nothing. Yeah, and that's why you would think they would put it towards the end of the end yeah. of the show, but you know, in the middle of the week, yeah, it'd be harder. But if you're making it for the consumers that really want to be there, yeah, that kind of, I would think that would make it more for the diehards who actually want to, yeah, you know, go, you know, to the money's it. not there on Tuesday though. I know that's that's where it's that shade of gray that's yeah. just ugh. Well, there was talk of of transitioning the show. F- Back so it used to be Monday through Friday, uh-huh. and then what they would do is open the show Saturday to consumers. Okay, but that adds another day of expenses, you yeah. know, hotel and and food and stuff like that for everybody there. So roulette, roulette, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I don't, I don't know. Five days is is more than enough in Vegas, whether you're on vacation oh, or not. That's a lot. Five a, days is a long. That's day. a lot of Vegas. <laughs> well, you want to touch on the cigar that we're having? Yeah, um, so like we said, the Caldwell, the King is Dead. Um, it uses a Dominican Negrito wrapper. Uh, it's a Dominican Puro, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the binder is a Dominican Corojo, and then the fillers are Dominican Corojo Lajero, Dominican Negrito, and uh, the Dominican-grown Habano Vuelta Abajo. So all of these are fairly limited tobaccos. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of these being grown, um, so it's a pretty select blend. And, and we don't have any issues getting backordered on these. I mean, they do a great job of getting them to us. So um, it's it's interesting that they're able to do that. But I mean, people um, drive far to, to oh get yeah. Caldwell cigars. Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, and this one was number 19 on Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 in 2015. Mm-hmm. So it's a well-known cigar um, for guys that like Caldwell. They, they definitely searched this one out specifically. Um, and I understand why it's a very smooth cigar. It's spectacular. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, and the artwork and the band on it. Oh yeah, all the artwork on now, the call. Now, do you stuff have do you have this this poster? No, this is the only one I don't have. Don't, okay, so I, yeah, I think we have the same one. We have. I have two. Oh, you have two. Yeah, you have the Eastern Standard and the King. Long, long, long live, live the King. King. I have the Long Live the King also. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a, that's an awesome poster. That, awesome. that may a, be my favorite. I've got it framed up right, you know, right when we walk into yeah. our, our door and everything. Mine's in the living room. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> we have a gallery wall in my living room. I mean, room, you, so. you can't tell that it's a cigar. No, based. It just looks like a nice piece of artwork. And yeah. same thing with this. You know, it has a, a throne pretty much cut in half. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's an awesome band. Yeah. I mean, spectacular it's, artwork. It's got some raised, uh, like lettering and everything on on the band. Absolutely, just beautiful band. Yeah. Um, so it comes in four sizes. Uh, the Premier is a five and a half by fifty. Uh, the Last Payday is a six by fifty-two torpedo. The Toro, which is what we're smoking, is a six by fifty-four. And then the Manzanita, which is a four by forty-two. Little short guy, spectacular. So which one do you like the most? Uh, that Manzanita may be my favorite. I, th- I think that one's mine too. And I would have done that one for tonight, but we, we would have we would have had like ha- we would have had to, had two of them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you want to tell us about what we're paired with here? Yeah, so we're doing a uh, Woodford Woodford Reserve. Um, I'm not a bourbon guy. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. It has just you know that has that spice and that heat on the back of it and everything. Um, it works well with with this cigar also because yeah. you get that that rich, almost like a not like a chocolatey, but a, a, a cocoa like cocoa, yeah, and that and that spice and everything. A little bit of coffee on the back end. In the retro, you do get that nice pepper uh, and everything off that. Uh, so one thing with this is a lot of people claim it has a tobacco spice to it with okay. the Woodford. Do you taste that? Um, I don't know. Let me 
Let's do it right now. Let's see. It's an interesting note because we're smoking a cigar. Um, so the tobacco plus the taste of tobacco is is an interesting pairing. I get yeah, I get a little bit. It just has that Would you have picked it up if I didn't say it? it I, I get more <laughs> like a smoky, I guess. It, yeah, yeah, I kinda see what you're saying. Maybe not so much it's almost like a a bitterness of tobacco. I could see that. More more of a that, that bitter that bitterness for it. But also at the same time I'm not a bourbon drinker. Yeah. Um so I'm not I mean, this could be whatever. Yeah. Um, it just happens to be what we had a bottle in the back. I was like, hey, let's do this. Well, it's great. I mean, it's got a little bit of like a nutty flavor, a little bit of vanilla, kind of a real faint vanilla taste. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's... And also, you know, one of the best things with, with them. Yeah. Cork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. This is this is a very popular bourbon. Um, I've had it multiple times. It's Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Now, are you, are you a bourbon? Do you like bourbon? A little bit. I'm more rum... Um, I do drink bourbon. You know, I kind of built a, a love for bourbon, but the cheap bourbon with Coke when I, when I was in college, you know. Um, the old song, Cheap Bourbon Whiskey and Pearl Snap Shirts, you know, that's uh, that was very true in my college days. I'm guessing that's a country song? It is, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah I would yeah. know nothing about that. So this thing has had a ton of awards. I don't know if you looked into this, but, I mean, they've got an award from every year. From different things. No, um, it's 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 good. Uh, yeah, you know, it I'm is. pretty sure I have a bottle of this at home that I got for my birthday four or five years ago, um, and I know I haven't opened it. You it's, haven't opened it? No, man. You because I got I, bought, I got a open. bottle of that. And I got a bottle of a uh, Jefferson. Yeah, um, and it's still just sitting in my by my humidor uh, up in my wick, liquor cabinet. Yeah, we used to do like Jack Black Label or mm-hmm. uh, Evan Williams if you can mix it with Coke. Oh, that just makes my throat hurt. It's sour mash, bro. That's that's the only way to go. Some wild turkey. Nah, I wasn't much on wild turkey. I got a buddy that drinks wild turkey out of the bottle. He's got half a kidney. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> drinks it straight out of the bottle. Can he taste anything? Like that's strong. I mean, you. It think is strong. Would... All right. Do you have any questions about IPCPR for me? Was there was there any new guys in the market that you saw that you know? Do you see anything that could be the next up and coming, the next big? thing to hit so a company company wise or just you know a blend wise or just what did you see that really stood out like i could see this you know becoming big so i think we had a a a fad for a while with the big ring gauge stuff right Uh everybody was putting out 60 plus ring gauge yeah all the way up to 80s 90s so on (laughs) so um it's going the opposite direction now a lot of people are going back to the traditional cuban style the Lanceros, the okay. Petite Coronas, the uh, Coronas. I don't know why. I'm not sure exactly why that is, but a lot of people are transitioning to smaller cigars, and then there's kind of a resurgence in lighter cigars as well. Okay. Um, so you've seen a lot of Connecticut's come out, but I think part of that is because they figured out how to grow that Ecuadorian Connecticut yeah. tobacco. Yeah. And so they don't have to grow it under the shade. Yeah. Um, they're able to grow it under natural cloud cover, which creates a thicker, more pliable tobacco. Um, and so it's producing much more flavor, um, and it's just phenomenal tobacco. Which so. I can definitely see that because a lot of the ones that you brought back for us were a lot of Connecticut's. And, yeah. You know, I'm not a Connecticut guy. Um, I, I enjoy them, but I prefer a, a, a stronger, spicier one. But of the Connecticut's that, that you got me, I smoked, I think, two or three different ones. And they were, it was definitely, you know, not on that super buttery super light i had yeah it had some nice flavor like you you don't pick up off of a 
normal yeah. Connecticut. It might be because it is that the Ecuadorian Connecticut, like you said, and growing underneath, you know, not the shade, but you know, the cloud cover. I can I can see that, and that's and I'm really excited about the the size wise because I yeah I love just the the small the smaller ring gauges, smaller cigars. I'm a yeah. huge Lancero fan. I love all those. That's gonna be it's gonna be real nice to see. Yeah, um, Zycar's also got a new their tactical lighter. They they released the the tactical triple flame okay. earlier this year and then now they've released a single flame okay. um that's uh most of your flames are like a seven millimeter flame uh-huh. um it's now going to an 11 millimeter flame with a single flame okay um and it's a really cool lighter we did a little promo video on the west end cigars facebook and instagram um so you can check that out um where brandon's got it and he's shown it to everybody cool cool lighter um it's got a cigar rest built into the lid um, so if you don't have an ashtray yeah. to set your cigar in, you could use okay, that. That's cool. Really cool lighter. I think that's going to be the next big accessory. Um, oh, d- did you did you order the eighteen thousand dollar cutter? No, sixteen thousand. Sixteen thousand. Oh, excuse yeah. me. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. sign me up then. Yeah, LFD's got a, a solid gold straight cutter with sapphire or ruby. What? You can get either eight sapphires or eight diamonds in it, Jeez. and it retails for sixteen thousand dollars. <laughs> Crazy part is that's not the most expensive thing we saw. What was it? We went to the uh, Davidoff booth, who also does ST DuPont. Uh-huh. Um, they had a lighter that is fueled by water. Like, okay, no, you did. special. So you did send me that, that you know, picture and yeah. that, the description, I, and I thought you just mistyped something. No. So how? how? So it, it has a reservoir uh-huh. um, that you just fill with water, and then it somehow pulls the hydrogen out and burns the hydrogen just wow. like a hydrogen fuel cell. So is it like is it like the like a Bunsen burner style or is it a jet flame? No, it's like it it, it well the flame is clear. You can't even tell it's it's on when they turn it on. Wow. It's 100% clear. There's no like emission. And so what they'll do, you know, to show people there is a flame there, he'll take salt and put it in the the part where the flame comes out. Yeah. And so it burns orange until the salt burns off and then it disappears. You're like is it out? And he's like, no, it's still burning. Wow. And how, how much is that? $73,000. Jeez. I almost bought one. <laughs> <laughs> Put on Brandon's tab. Yeah. Uh, super cool. And it's like a box. I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know what else to compare it to. It'd be like uh, about the size of like the uh, like cab boxes that we have in the humidor. Okay. You know, like uh, Petite yeah. Casadora's box or yeah. something. About that size. Okay. They only made like 20 of them. Super fancy, spectacular. Um, they had some really cool stuff, but right. that thing was like roped off on a on a little pedestal, and it said, "Please do not touch on it." Um, <laughs> and the guy wouldn't even light it except for like two times a day or something. Really? He would he would turn it on. So I, I do know the one thing that you did want to buy was that wine selection of the uh, the James Bond. So that wasn't at the trade show. Oh, wasn't at the trade show. No, that was. Um, we went to dinner at um, Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse in Las Vegas. Have you ever been to a, not the chain Del Frisco's? This is a, the Double Eagle Steakhouse chain. Uh, no, it's never different. Been there. Um, so they've got a, 16 locations, uh, mostly in big cities Atlanta, Boston, Dallas, Denver. Not Little Rock. Fort Worth. No, not Little Rock. Vegas, New York, Los Angeles, Orlando. Anyways. Um, spectacular steakhouse mm-hmm. i mean you can buy you know at market price uh wagyu or whatever you want right they got all this super high-end steak um brandon went last year and ordered this 
tomahawk ribeye. Oh yeah, I remember, I, okay, humongous. I remember that, that that picture. Yeah, yeah. Fred Rui ordered one when we were there. Um, him and Brandon both had it last year, but um, but yeah, spectacular. Um, so every Del Frisco has some unique thing about something, it, yeah. Right, and so this one's got this table, and so like when you come in the front door, you don't really see it, but when you leave. You notice a table that says, please do not touch on it, right? And, of course, everything that says don't touch, I wanna immediately touch. want to touch. <laughs> don't push the big red button. Yeah, exactly. Um, but So we were we were going to head out to the patio to smoke a cigar, and uh, a couple of the guys stopped at the table, and I'm like, what are we doing? And uh, it just looks like a table. Mm-hmm. And then the guy hits a button, and it starts playing the James Bond theme song, and the thing, like, separates and opens from the top, and then uh, there's a bottle of wine for every movie from... The very first one to the last From one, Dr. Pierce no, Brosnan did. To... Yeah, um, and it plays all the theme songs. It plays every song all the way around the table, um, one after another. Spectacular. So the, I think they said they bought it for like three hundred sixty grand. They had it appraised for like one point two million dollars <sighs> a couple years ago. So awesome. If I was a, a billionaire, I'd have offered them <laughs> a million bucks right there and, yeah. and brought that thing home because it was so cool. I got a video of it on my phone. I saw the video. It looked, it looked cool. I'm a big James Bond fan, yeah. so um, yeah, I love that thing. So I mean, yeah, yeah, because you've seen the Dupont Bond series and everything. Oh yeah, and I want one of those lighters. Where it comes so in the bad. box, like in the shape of a gun. Oh yeah, yeah. it's so cool. It's so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. My wife would kill me. Oh, I know. Let's well, see if you just would have done better roulette. You could have yeah. uh, take, taken care of it. It doesn't matter. I could have won a million dollars. My wife would still be pissed if I bought that thing. <laughs> you just have to, you know, get her something nice. And then it's like, oh, yeah, and by the way, I found this. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, I bought this table. <laughs> we got a new kitchen table, yeah, honey. I mean, there you go. You don't have to, you know, you got a new dining set. It just happens to play music, too. You have dinner and a show. Well, see, if it was mine, every morning when I wake up, I'd hit the button, and, like, while I'm getting ready for work, you know, I'd play all the James Bond theme songs. <laughs> then I'd walk out of the house. Just ready know. to go. Yeah. I mean, I'd be ready to kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd have a license to do it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, other stuff at the show, uh, Rocky Patel... Got a couple of new blends out. Okay. Uh, the new ALR. It's a new version of the of the one last year. And the one um, last year was was phenomenal. I really, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had this one yet. You, you've you've had this year. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. They've got another one called the LB One that's everybody's raving about. Um, okay. They have a couple of new blends. Are releasing some new sizes of like the Java Cigarillos and a ten. Okay. Perdomo's re-releasing the uh, the ESV. So. Okay. The original blend, that was my favorite Perdomo, the original ESV Maduro. Yeah. They brought it back, and it wasn't quite the same. It was good, but it wasn't quite the same. And so now they've redone it, and it's box-pressed. It is much closer to the original blend of what I can remember, mm-hmm. the original blend, because that's been, what, six, seven years ago since that thing came out? Jeez, Or yeah. since they took it off the market? Yeah, you it's, know? it's been... It's been a been, while. Yeah, it's been a, a minute. Um, and it is phenomenal. Really good. Okay. Uh, my father's got a new one coming out. Most companies have a new cigar out. Yeah. There's a couple companies that didn't because uh, of the FDA stuff, but for the most part, they all have at least one new one coming out. So where was it at this year? Um, it was at the Sands Expo Center, which is between the Venetian and the Palazzo. Okay. Um, which is a, a gorgeous hotel. Um, casinos are both great. And were um, y'all able to go to any shops there? Like cigar any, shops? Any cigar? Any no. cigar shops? No. Okay. We're so busy. Yeah. We have no time to do anything, so I'm going. I'm, I'm going at, at the beginning. Uh, of I take that back. 
We went to Casa Fuente. You have to go to Casa. We always go to Casa Fuente because yeah. we have a bunch of buddies that love to go. Did you get the so mojito? We always meet them over there. Oh yeah, you gotta oh. have a mojito. That's yeah. the best mojito I've ever had. So I haven't had the mojito from there yet. Oh my gosh! It's the first Dude, time I'm I went there. You. I got a coffee, which I got talked into, and I'm not a coffee guy. Yeah. And then you know, I kind of wish I did get the mojito. Dude, the mojito spectacular. Well, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get one in September. So. Yeah, it is really good. Yeah, like, we, that's where is is that is that uh the sports store still across yeah, the yeah right across the, the so I was walkway. there in probably oh eight or oh nine I'm sitting there having a cigar outside you know I'm by myself just you know people watching and yeah. everything and I see all these people kind of like going to the sports store just like not we're really running but kind of a trot in a hurry yeah I'm like all right something's going on this is weird yeah. so I, I I finish my cigar I go over there and uh, Dick Buckus is doing a signing there. Nice. And I was like, all right, I got to get, I got to meet Dick Buck. Yes, I'm getting in line. Yeah. So I got in <laughs> line, you know, I just stood around and this was, you know, almost 10 years ago. That dude looked like he could still suit up and play then, you know, he probably still play now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he still looks like it, but it was, it's cool to how you can see a bunch of, yeah. of, you know, famous people right across the way. Yeah. Mike Tyson is there a lot. Yep. Yeah, I know uh, that. Pete Rose signs a lot of autographs there. Okay. I met, um, yeah, I met Mike Ditka at the trade show a couple years ago. He had a cigar coming out, and he was the keynote speaker for the breakfast on okay. Saturday morning. His um, last year was the Lone Survivor yeah. seal, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Marcus Luttrell? Yeah. Yeah, and that was really cool uh, to, to get to listen to him. And I didn't actually meet him because, mm-hmm. you know, it's fairly busy. There's a ton of people there. Yeah. But uh, he was a great guy. Hearing his story um, and talking about, the, you know, the guys he was with is yeah. just – it's so crazy. The movie – is is good um and it tells the story well but it it has to leave out certain things yeah just because of how gruesome it is oh, and, probably and time constraint and and so on i mean the guy like broke his back in three places and crawled for like three days through the woods before they finally found him well the, it was a farmer that found yeah him. Yeah. yeah they found him and uh took him back to the village and they were you know trying to get him back to health and then you know they got Surgeons captured, yeah. yeah. And so it was a whole big ordeal. Um, the the funniest part of his whole thing, he was talking about when they found him, it was the Rangers that found him, Army Ranger. And so there's always been this rivalry, <laughs> yeah. right, the Rangers and the Seals. And yeah. so, you know, this guy's been tortured for two or three weeks and broke his back in three places. His legs broke, his arms broke. The Army Ranger says, well, it took a Ranger to come out here and get you, <laughs> but we got you back. <laughs> yeah, but I bet they didn't live that down. That one did. Yeah. I want to touch back on the cigar. I guess I'm a little bit past halfway on this one. I'm a little further on on the new. It's a nice. It's I'm getting a little more uh, a little more earthiness to it, and a little more woody um, at this point. I'm, I'm really I'm really liking it a lot. You know the I, the feel of it. It's 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 velvety. It's really nice. Um, pretty veiny, wrapper wise on on mine, but it has a nice smoothness to it. It's 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 really nice and pleasant. Yeah, I'm getting a lot more um, woody and earthy notes, like you said, mm-hmm. than usual, and I think it's partially because of the bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that retrohale man is super, super earthy. Mm-hmm. It's like but, a, yeah. it's almost like an a like a umami taste. You know, a little mushroom esque, just a little, like you said, earthiness. Just that, you know, how I said before, like I don't like the the smell of our leather cleaner just because it smells like earth. I mean, I'm getting a lot of that. Just that earthiness, but a little like that sweetness too. That on that on that tail end. Yeah, that kind of vanilla y yeah. nuttiness. Yep. Yeah. No, it's spectacular. I love this cigar. Would you put it in where'd you put it at? You know, medium, medium full. 
straight full. I'd put it medium. Yeah, I it doesn't have a lot of spice. A lot, would, of, a lot of it's a. I'd call it a full bodied cigar because it's very complex. It, yeah, it's it has definitely a lot full body of flavor. Um, I would but definitely strength say, wise, I'd say medium. Yeah, medium to you know just kissing three quarter wise uh, on yeah. on the flavor wise. Uh, not, I mean, this is definitely one where if you're not a a heavy smoker and don't like something really full, but you want something not extremely light, this is definitely a good one to to pick up at your you know local B and M and try it out. Yeah, what's your favorite Caldwell? Either the All Out King or the Long Live the King. I forgot about that All Out Kings, man. The All Out King, it's, it's good. I wasn't a huge fan of that cigar. Um, it took me it took me a few to get into it, but then yeah. once I finally, you know, yeah, finally figured out, okay, this is what they're going for, I, I, I like that one. But, I mean, this one here, this one's a... This one's a top for me too yeah um and even the uh the uh, the blind man's bluff it's hard for me to describe that one i always say sometimes a cigar is just a cigar and to me that just has that essence and aroma of just it's just a cigar it's a really good just flavor and profile and note all the way around it just has that good je ne sais quoi i don't know how to describe it, it just has yeah. that cigar taste i am getting a little bit of like a Almost like milk chocolatey note on the back end of this thing. Mostly earthy and, and woody earthy. and nutty, right? But that retrohale is really nice. Yeah, the retrohale's good. That's a really It has good a little retrohale. bit of that kind of musty smell that you like. It does. It has that Which old, I'm not normally a fan it of. It has that old book. Just yeah. that. I mean, that's where that earthiness comes from. Mm-hmm. You just get that mothball-esque taste and aroma to it. It's, I don't know, I'm, re- I'm really liking this one. But and, it's balanced well enough to mm-hmm. where it's not too much and I can actually enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time when you get that... It's overpowering. See, and, and I, so that's why I don't like and it. I, and I like that one. Yeah. I like when it's just that grandma's attic. I prefer this more balanced, yet still complex. Mm-hmm. And so. it definitely is. This is very complex. Because you get a bunch of flavor notes and profiles um, off this one. I'd like to smoke this one again without the bourbon, um, see what I'm you know, tasting and everything, and then maybe have that flavor wheel in front of me just to see exactly what I'm pinpointing. Um, and then I got a little cigar journal I've been writing in and that's a, that's another thing too. I mean, definitely I'd recommend everybody to get some sort of small little dossier or, you know, like we said before, the, uh, cigar scanner app works well, but I, I like that. I just like that physical form, you know, like it's what, cool to see the bands. Yeah. I mean, have know. the bands on there and I, I just like, even like book form, like I don't like reading books on iPad or computer yeah. or anything. I still like having that physical copy in my hand and having that tiny little cigar journal. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like a three by six i mean yeah doesn't take up any space i just keep in my my bag but cabin where you can have the band and everything with it and you get to label it you know full all the way to you know mild and then the body and then the flavor profiles and when you smoked it and yeah. what you taste i mean that this will definitely be a good one to, to put into the uh the journal because we'll have one for our show yeah and i like to keep it up in the shop so people can lead it and then i have my own personal one that yeah. I'm, I'm filling up through since i am smoking through my collection of cigars that i have yeah so we talked about this a little bit the other day um and i just want to be clear into what i'm telling you so i i like that you're smoking through some that you've had for a long time and and i don't think it's a bad thing to collect some cigars but what i mean by collect is you have an intention of smoking that at some point i do i mean it will be whether that's 10 years down the road you know you need to have that in mind oh yeah, yeah yeah when you get the cigar say okay this is you know the day i get married this is what i'm smoking or mm-hmm. when i have my first child this is what i'm smoking or whatever right 
I just don't like collecting cigars just to collect them. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. The cigar's designed to be smoked, uh-huh. and, and I'm going to enjoy it. Just a little clarification on what I meant by yeah, that. Yeah, and I, I still gave you props. You're right. <laughs> um, but I am, I am smoking. I'm through always it, right, man. Me, you, me should, and Tr- you should stop. Just stop. <laughs> oh, me. please. No, you, you're not going to give me say that on, on record. <laughs> um, me and Trover did say that we're going to smoke something that we've been collecting or saving that. for a while. So if you have one. I do, do you have do, a few. Say, do you have one that, what, what is one that you have in your humidor that you've been saving for an occasion? What is that one cigar you're like, all right, this, I'm going to smoke this at some point. I don't know when, but I have you set aside for something. So I, I bought a handful of Vinejos, um in 2015 and 16. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I bust one of those out every so often. Okay. Um, and th- those are the ones where I keep and I say, okay. Yeah. Some big occasion, I'm going to smoke this. Yeah. And then also um, the Saints and Sinners Club cigars. Okay. Um, I do that with some of those. So I have a five-pack from every year that I've been in. Okay. And, and I will say I have those, and I don't really have an intention on smoking those, but I will at some point, right? <laughs> I just don't have a set date. That's yeah. the one odd thing that I have, right? And and that's just because it's not something you can find. Yeah. You know, if, if it's a... If it's a cigar that I can go into a humidor and buy, yeah. then I'm not going to collect it. And if I think it's that's, something you just cannot get, that's a different thing. That's what, And I've been on the hunt now. I've been looking more for stuff that's not being produced anymore. Yeah. And it's so hard yeah, out there is. because when you do find it, it's just like, oh, my God. I can't, <laughs> yeah. Do I really want to spend this much yeah. on it knowing that I, I probably won't smoke it either and it'll be just you know something sexy to look at? <laughs> um, and then I do have some that people gave me that have passed that I have no intention of smoking. And it's just something to remember them by. Mm -hmm. It's not even a cigar I really like, but it's just just something, something I can remember. remember, So when I see it, I think of them, right? So that's really cool. You're digging through your humidor and you see it and you're like, Oh, you know, there's Mr. Pat, you know? And that I, I, I do wish that I, I'm so glad that, you know, we did smoke his. Yeah. I, I kind of wish I didn't, but I'm glad that I did at the same time. It's it's that internal battle of I'm glad I did, but I wish I didn't kind of thing. You know, yeah. At, at, at the end of the day, I'm glad I was able to smoke that one that he had. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm gl- I guess I am glad I had that experience. Because, yeah. You know, that's like we talk about and how we ask every customer or ask every guest, you know, what is your, you know, was a good memory. That's a great memory that, you know, I would never be able to, you know, do without. Yeah. Without that. So. Yeah, that's something I've participated in a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, guys that I have smoked a lot of cigars with or that I know really well that smoke cigars mm-hmm. or um, a specific drink. And so, like, we've smoked their favorite cigar and drank their favorite drink. Yeah. That's a very emotional experience. And, and if you've never done that before, I recommend try it. Um, if something like that happens, hopefully that you never have to participate in that. Mm-hmm. But if it comes to the situation where that's something you can do, that is one of the most, to me... Um, touching ways to remember someone yeah. that, that was a cigar lover. And I've done that multiple times now. Circle of life. Yep. So mine is, I have a the uh, the newest Chef series from yeah. Davidoff. So I really, my, I love food. I'm, I'm a food, not a food snob. I have just a, a food junkie. I have a high taste of food. Um, <laughs> and the, the restaurant that I, that is on my bucket list, probably the top of my bucket list is the French Laundry. Um, out in California, and he uh, Thomas Keller, the chef of that, is my 
one of my all-time favorite chefs. I don't and think I want to eat at a restaurant called The Laundry. Oh, this that this like immediately no 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 makes it, me think disgusting. No, you have to you have just have to read up on the history of. No, the I get laundry. it. I'm just saying the name oh. turns me off. Well, anyways, he helped create with this blend because it was six different U.S. chefs, and he was one of the creators. So I I want to go to his restaurant, have the fit because it's a fixed menu. You know, you pay a thousand dollars for the dinner, and then that's crazy. Man. And I want to. Want to smoke absurd. that cigar? You know how many cigars you can buy? Yeah, I mean, that's just that's my thing. So I was thinking about this the other day. I get it, right? Yeah. Because there's certain things I would pay that much for. Oh yeah. But I was thinking about this the other day with cigars, right? So you are literally giving someone money to light it on fire. Oh, definitely. I mean, me and Trover spoke about that last yeah. week of how you know you're literally just lighting. A $20 bill. On fire, A yeah. $10 bill, whatever. But like I said, you know, some people bill. go to the movies, some people go out to eat, some yeah. people collect books. We just so happen to smoke cigars. It's a very archaic way of thinking, but think about food in that manner. Yeah, I know. You're literally paying someone $1,000 to defecate. <laughs> <laughs> you just hold it in a little longer than normal. <laughs> oh, but that is, that you've is, never thought of it that way, have you? No, but... It's, it's odd when you think about it that yeah. way. Yeah. But I guess if you're if you're going to, you might as well go to the yeah. best place. Why not? I mean, it's a it's a three star Michelin restaurant. It's got numerous James Beard. I don't Award know what that winners. means. So three star Michelin, it's top tier. Like tires. So actually, they got great it, tires. So it's <laughs> that's actually how it started. Really, it was the Michelin Guide. Um, huh. So it's funny. So when they give out the Michelin Award, they have the giant Michelin Man. That's awesome. Uh, given out <laughs> and you know there to present the board because what it how it started was Michelin tires had this little book. And it would tell people going across country, like, stop at this place. It's a oh, one-star. Yeah. Stop here. It's a two-star. Stop three-star. That star. makes but, so much sense. But it, it grew up to be, you know, there's only been one chef ever um, to give back his Michelin star. Like, he just, I don't want it anymore. It's, uh, wow. it's I mean, Why? it's the pressure. I mean. I guess because you have to keep it up. So to be a three-star Michelin restaurant, you have to be top tier on everything. You have to have something like two million dollars worth of wine at any time in your restaurant. Um, it just becomes Dang. a it becomes its, its own worst enemy almost. Wow. Um, you know, and there's also like uh, it's like cigar of the year almost. Yeah. You. I mean, there's there's a there's a small tiny like a food truck that's gotten a one-star Michelin. I mean, that's. To be a one-star Michelin chef. Food truck? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's amazing just to get that alone. Wow. But it's your three-tier restaurants, or I mean, your high white tablecloth that do, that get the three-tier, like the, you know, New York's, your London's, your Paris, you know, yeah. stuff like that. The French Laundry is, you know, my, just my personal, you know, that's one of the, he's one of the only three chefs I follow on Instagram, the only restaurant I follow on Instagram. And it's just, everything I look, it's like... Oh, that looks so good. So that would tick me off, man. Following a restaurant, you got to look at their food all the time. I know. It's so that's the thing I hate about the whole uh, hipster fad and millennial <laughs> fad is they always take photos of their food. I'm 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 so because I do that all the time. Yeah, you do. I know, but you take pictures of your cigar. I take pictures of the food. Uh, sometimes. What? So Mine what? normally is because of the shop, right? I put it on the shop's Facebook. Yeah. Well, I I do it for my own personal enjoyment so i look back at it and be like, oh yeah that was good <laughs> so like what last week we were talking about our favorite podcast and everything yeah. and one was rooster teeth so the creator of rooster teeth uh bernie what he likes doing is when somebody's taking a picture of their food he likes to just stick his fork in their food go mush 
And I would like, I've had that happen to me before, and I was so pissed. I just couldn't believe it. But I was like, okay, yeah, you, I, I deserve that because I'm being that pretentious asshole. Doing Next that. time you take a picture of a cigar, I'm going to light the middle of it. <laughs> just, Burn it right just down take the and just like clip it. <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking uh, last week with your podcast deal about uh, my dad wrote a porno. Yeah. Funniest podcast I have ever listened to. So you've, you've got on it? Yes. Oh, it is so good, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm like... Uh, are you, are you still on book on like one? episode seven. Okay, yeah. so you're still on book one? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I we, just listen to it periodically, but it is so funny. So we only, me and Marielle, only listen to it when we travel. That's just, we know that we're, when we're traveling to Memphis or Dallas or KC or something, like, that is what we're going to listen to, and we're just dying laughing. Yeah. And it is so, so funny. If you're going to check it out, make sure there's no kids around, because <laughs> they open the show with... This podcast contains sexual content, strong language, and adult themes. So all the good stuff. Yes, so all the good stuff. <laughs> so is. just be aware. Don't listen to this with your kids around because it is vulgar. Don't listen with it, to it with your parents. Oh, gross. <laughs> so, but that's but like you got to think of where he's coming I from. No, that's he's his dad. Re- this, that's his dad. I always get that look from people when I tell them like, oh, it's like you're listening to an erotic novel, but like. Yes, but it's, it's not about the novel. But it's not that. It's about the, the experience and the commentary is yeah. what makes it. And the fact that like there was one part when they were reading it and he said some new name and his the the girl who's on the podcast she was like who's that and then the the son's like he I think he just called her a wrong name in his <laughs> yeah. own book. And it's, just like, it's just little things like that and the commentary is just the funniest thing. Like oh, it's hilarious. I I, I consider myself quick-witted and funny and everything yeah but the way they come up with things yeah. just like that it's impressive it is really good yeah so i'm, I'm glad you're you're getting a, a laugh out of that because i know even when i first told you about it you were kind of like uh, i was skeptical whatever yeah it is absolutely hilarious yeah so I listen to it when i drive <laughs> yeah so de- definitely check it out i mean it's definitely a good one well speaking of laughing i think it's about that time buddy it's about that time yeah so you weren't here last week um correct let's take your your view on it. You listen to it. Would you take the money? It was uh, whenever, you, whenever you misspell something, you have to walk on Legos. And were we right? Since you are a Lego guy, do you? You've probably stepped on a on a lo- rogue Lego. No, because I'm an adult with my Legos, <laughs> and I don't leave them on the floor. Like I literally have a. a I know. Table. I've seen your. You have a huge table. I have a table workstation yeah. where I put the Legos together, and and also like smaller sets. I'll sit in the living room with a like a serving tray. Fancy women bring the tea out on the serving yeah. tray. You know, yeah. I have one of those that I like build small sets, like while we're watching TV and just sitting. Or sometimes, so this is how it all started with the Legos, right? I was never really into Legos as a kid, mm-hmm. but my wife saw this thing about how to get uh, like guys to talk more, mm-hmm. right? Because we talk, but I'm 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 a really busy guy, and so like a lot of times my mind is going a million miles a minute, and so it's hard to like sit down and focus on talking. Um, and I've gotten a lot better at that. But um, part of it is because she saw this thing that said this is a great way to get people to talk. Because you kind of focus on the Legos, but it's not super hard for you to think about. Yeah. And so it's easy to do this and talk at the same time. You just go on autopilot. Yeah, so we'll both sit there and play with Legos and talk together. Um, and it gives us something to like slow down, kind of forget about the rest of the day, um, forget about how busy you are tomorrow. And, and it just gives you something to kind of do. And we've we've we bought puzzles, and now we've started doing a, a little bit of puzzle, uh, I don't, puzzling. I don't know what the term is. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But uh, yeah, that's how it all started. But no, I don't let my Legos go into the floor. Like I have a Millennium Falcon set right now that is driving me nuts because when we moved, it got torn up. Mm -hmm. And so like I have to take it completely apart to get it fixed because it's so elaborate. You can't just like stick it back together. So it's the kind that like folds open and everything? Yeah, the whole top comes open in like these finger things. It's, it's really cool. I'll show it to you sometime. Yeah, I want to see your... <laughs> I have a toolbox full of Legos. <laughs> Can I come over and play with Steve's Legos? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have the girls go do something. I mean, they're going to... Well, see, our room is split, right? So it's an extra bedroom. And so on this side, I have a Lego table. Uh-huh. And then on this side, my wife has a craft table. So she can do all of her craft stuff yeah. while I'm doing Legos and... Yeah, it's a little out of control. We'll, we'll we'll do a double date, but like they can go do whatever, and we'll play with Legos. Well, I have like probably ten or fifteen sets that I still haven't put together that I need to get on. I know, I've been we, so I mean, busy this and year. We always get you, you know, something know. just add to the roller. I know. I still haven't put together that. Uh, you, you guys got me the X-wing fighter this last was year. Was the X-wing? Yeah, I forgot yeah. what it was. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you, by the way. Yeah. Best gift ever. So, would you take the money? Uh, I'm a really bad speller. I think Trover asked the question, but like, if my phone auto corrects it before I send it, does it count? No, like if you if you auto corrects it before you send it, that's fine. But if it but if you type so fast that you send it before it corrects it itself, and then anytime I write something, write and send it off. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I I'm a horrible speller. Me too. That's but that that's what we said. You know, it would cause you to be a better person. Cause you to be better. I probably would. Man, I don't know. I mean, it hurts to step on Legos. Oh no. Yeah, I'd probably still take it. Yeah, I, th- I think majority of people did. I don't think it's a big enough inconvenience. Um, I would just get very particular about my spelling from now on, <laughs> which I probably should anyways. Yeah. My handwriting and my spelling is not spectacular. No, I mean, we are in our 30s. We should be able to spell properly. <laughs> my handwriting is better than Brandon's, though, so Ugh. I'm not the worst. <laughs> See, I'm just thinking, like, in a past life, I was a doctor, and it just carried over. That was my one trait that carried over from my when I, when I was reincarnated or something. All right, but for this week, yep, it's gonna be we'll, we'll see million dollars. Whenever someone starts talking politics, which being in here, oh my gosh, is all the time, every day, you have to referee a sports game you do not know the rules to. Oh gosh! <laughs> so somebody starts talking politics here, you have to go referee a cricket match, or badminton, or hell, even for you, soccer. I'm gonna say. No, because they literally will decapitate you at a soccer match. <laughs> yeah. It's not worth my life. Yeah. A million, my life is worth more than a million dollars. <sighs> no, I mean, it, it, you'd eventually run out of sports, I would think. I don't know. I mean, there's, I mean, <laughs> there's Ocho Week. I mean, you yeah, have, you're right, man. They have everything. It's not worth it. I mean, you would literally. Every person in America would hate you. Every person in the world in would the hate world, you. Yeah, because for the most part, we know American sport rules. Right. You know, for the most part. Right. You know what? I think I'm with you on this one. It's I don't, not worth. I it. don't think I could do it just because, like you're saying. I mean, you're going to be going into a sport that you don't know nothing about. Yeah. All eyes are on you, and it's, to somebody, it's an important game. Yeah. And I'm going to screw it up somehow. It's be really hard for Trover. <laughs> <laughs> What's that be like? He's a savant at refereeing games. He doesn't know it. See, that's I've always said. Like we our our best attribute is probably the one thing that we hate the most. Yeah, probably. Like I'm a I'm an excellent soccer player. See, I'm an I'm an excellent golfer and the world's best country singer. But since I don't do those things, it's just you know, oh gosh, 
Yeah, you could be in the next, you know. I'm not getting into crap core. Uh, you're the. <laughs> I don't I'm care. sitting with. Them. I don't care if I was the greatest of all time. I'm not getting into crab core. Please quit calling it that. You called it that. <laughs> yeah, I, I trust me. I hate that I did. What uh, is it actually called? Metalcore, just post hardcore. Well, you just called it two separate different. Well, there's because it's two different things. There's post hardcore, and then there's metalcore. So which one is crab core? That would teeter more towards post hardcore. What does post hardcore mean? <laughs> what okay, does that so mean? You, so you remember like the early to mid 2000s, you had the emo stage. Yeah. You had like, you know, My Chemical Romance, stuff like that. Yeah. But then you had the hardcore stage where it's like more pounding riffs, more pounding beats, stuff like that. That's your hardcore aspect. So you, with the post-hardcore, you get the the hard drums, the guitar, and everything like that. But you get a little bit more... Like rock ballad voice. Yeah, I don't want to say ballad, but yes, a a nicer <laughs> vocal range. Hairband voice? No, not a hairband voice. <laughs> You're not gonna have like Vince Neil out there with you know whatever. Is it a requirement to squat like a crab when you play your guitar? <laughs> not anymore. That that era is done. <laughs> no. But that's and, the music you liked. Yeah, I mean that's the music I like now. I mean it's just it's what I yes. So it's the same music, but they don't squat anymore. I mean, everything comes in waves. Like, nobody has the swoop-down hair that's all black anymore. Yeah. It's just... I still that was listen. emo. I still... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that's, like, in that post-hardcore area. I still listen to that every day of my life. It's just... No, I... Trust me. I wish I never said that. That was crabcore. I can't help it, bro. You, you can't take it back at this point. So, I mean, if if you want to see what I'm talking about, the, the, the group is Action Action. Just... Uh, look up that video on wherever and you'll see like they're actually you know squatting, squatting like crabs squatting like crabs and moving <laughs> back and forth and, and playing the guitar and stuff in sync and it's just not not the band in sync but in synchronization <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> they're gonna recreate every in sync album <laughs> in crab court <laughs> so they actually so one of the things that uh, a lot of the bands i listen to do they do a section of cds and albums nobody buys cds anymore but it's called <laughs> Pop Goes Punk. So it's all these pop songs that are done. Oh, yeah, I heard this. So, I mean, it's the same way. So they've definitely done NSYNC songs. Yeah. They've done Britney Spears. They've done all that kind of stuff. And there's right. and there's some that actually, like, that's, it sounds better now than the original person. I want it that way. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, back to the question. No, no. No, I'm no, not no. taking the money. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I could do that, too, just because I've always said, you know, I'm not. I'm fine with public humiliation because I don't don't get, I don't get publicly humiliated, but I don't want to screw with something that people are so passionate about. Oh, it could about. be billions of dollars on the line. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't do yeah. that. I mean, yeah. I would, I, I would have a good time just out there running around, just like doing whatever. But I know somebody has, you know, their heart set on their team, and I'd probably screw up somehow, and I couldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, even just thinking about like in football. Oh yeah, you know the guy that that uh, or the team that didn't call the the uh, pass interference in this last playoffs. Oh, I know. I mean, they got death threats and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you would get that constantly. All Somebody would eventually probably assassinate you. Oh, probably. And like you said, you know, is it considered assassination if you're not a president? Yeah, I assume so because I mean, um, uh, John Lennon was assassinated. It's not just murder. Well, John Lennon was assassinated. I think. I think it's be a celebrity. I think you have to be somebody of high in the caliber. public. In the, it happens in, in the public forum. The public Is that eye. what makes it an assassination? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably so. I mean, like uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln, he was assassinated. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's a president. president. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Aaron. Well. <laughs> All 
All right, so next week we're going to feature um, LFD cigars. Um, we've got an event coming up with Lito Gomez on July 23rd. Um, so if you're available uh, to come to that event, it's a Tuesday night. Um, it's going to be spectacular. Lito Gomez is going to be here in the shop. Yeah. Um, he's going to you know hang out with everybody, talk about the cigars. That's going to be so cool. I can't wait for that. Yeah, a really cool event, really big name in the cigar industry, and mm-hmm. a chance for you to come meet a guy that's a legend. Yeah. We're going to feature the LFD Reserva Especial. Um, it's one of my favorite LFDs. It's a little bit lighter for most of their stuff, mm-hmm. um, but it has just a really, really good kind of uh, like graham cracker note or something almost. So I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, uh, make sure you tune in next week so that you can uh, get any updates with the LFD event and Lido, and uh, check out the uh, LFD Reserve Special. And then if you haven't had it yet, make sure you get the Caldwell. The King is dead. Yeah, definitely. This is a, this is a good one. I'm just now getting. I've smoked this thing damn near to the cap. Yeah. It's it's a really, really good one. Um, hits all the notes that I'm really looking for. It's really good. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Later. <laughs>